one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Just looking out the window. Another beautiful spring day. Oh, who's that coming up the path of Erskine Court? Hold on. I think we've got visitors. Oh, hello. Welcome to Erskine Court. Come on through. Linda's waiting. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, here she is. It's Linda. It's Linda Pollock. How are you, Linda? I, on the way in, have seen the balance of the universe in action and I would like to tell you more about it. Oh, go on then. I'm driving on the M1. I am in the lane one. I'm not going to call it the slow lane. It's right. the correct lane to be in. Yes, Unless it is. you are overtaking, yes, ladies okay. and gentlemen. <laughs> well, you'd be forgiven for thinking otherwise. Some of the lunatics who go, uh, that's very boring, but go on, yes. Speaking uh, of which, HGV driver sitting in the middle all of a sudden decides, I'm yeah. in the, that lane and I have been in that lane for some time. Yes. Right? I'm doing a steady 60 as is being prescribed by the uh, movable, uh, you know, LCD display thingies, right? Yes, yes. All of a sudden he decides, just as I'm about to draw level with him, that he's putting his indicator on and he's pulling left. Oh, these bastards. And uh, he, he stopped, but then yeah. he was honking and flashing and waving his arms about. And I'm thinking, no, 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 no. Right. I was correct. I know that they have blind spots, but you should look more carefully. I've been there ages. Do you? I do a lot of travelling, as you know, up and down yes. the country. Not only via the celestial plane, but also physically in my Nissan Qashqai. Nice. Right. And very often, you know, this is the first thing. If you have a little bit of road rage, don't you go through a whole whole dialogue in yes. your head? And I would say, well, I'm supposed to be over there. As if you're ever going to be sitting down over a coffee. I know. And I'm thinking, it's behind me, right? And he was behind yeah. me for ages after that because he was slow. Yeah. And he was flashing and waving his arms about. Yeah. And first of all, I thought, right, don't respond. Ignore. Mm. Yeah. But in the end, I'm not ashamed to say. You gave him the finger. I gave him the finger. I gave him the finger. Because he deserved it. And I also called him a prick, but he won't have known that. Yes, but what I... I think that's better in many ways than holding on to it. Because there's been various road, road rage incidents I've had where I've held on to it. I did hold on to it for a while. Mm. But then the universe intervened, as I alluded to at the beginning of this rather lengthy story. Yes, yes. As I pull closer to your house, mm. not one, but two white men vent. White men vent? White, 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 white man vans, men. Vans. Yes, yes. 
um, were very courteous to me on the road and gentlemanly. And okay. so I felt like it was the universe going, see, they're not all pricks. That is correct. A lot of them are. The yeah. other thing I was going to say was when you're going through roadworks and it says temporary sort of speed, yeah. then you think... If I ever go up against the beak and you have to plead your case, are you going to go, well, I was going a little bit faster there just to overtake someone. I'm allowed to do that. This whole dialogue goes into your head. Anyway, this is not going to win any awards, this last conversation over the last two or three minutes. No. Let's crack on with the sh- show. Linda, how have you been apart from the road rage? Um, I'm all right. Uh, yeah, I'm all right. Um, yeah? Yeah, I'm all right. What's been going on? Oh, you went to a funeral. Went to a funeral? Oh, God. Oh, yeah. I went to a funeral of a lovely man who went too soon, right? A man with a sense of humour, and I'm going to say it, a really mucky sense of humour. Right, well, that sounds a bit like me. Exactly, you would have really loved him. Yeah. Um, As everyone did, right? But the priest, and it was a Catholic priest in this occasion, Mm. um, did not want any personalisation whatsoever, so he wouldn't let his friend sing the song. I know. And uh, he was very, very controlling over the eulogy, wanted to see a script beforehand. Do you know what? It's funny you should say it because I have been to a Catholic funeral. You people, you put on this podcast for a little bit of light relief. (laughs) You've had horrible road rage and funerals. Well, get on to the funny in a minute. The funny spooky. The spunky, as I call it. Um, What what happened? Go on. So, yeah, I've had it before where they're very, very serious. Very serious. And I thought, oh, he's going to be an old... An old fella, right? Because you're imagining old, dried up, little bit bitter, Mm. forgotten, out of touch, right? Young man, young, young Australian. He was really, yeah. Um, But I think what it was is, as part of the 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 service, he was saying, "This is no longer about his relationship with us. It's all about God." And I think that's it. It's like one size fits all. None of your business. In fact, in fact, you lot are is an inconvenience. I have done that before. But there's a lot of people I have to go to these services, and they don't have a spiritual bone in their body. I was at a church funeral the other day, and the grieving widower leaned over to the vicar halfway through and said, "Have you got?" the Wi-Fi code. <laughs> the vicar said, totally unacceptable at your own wife's funeral. And he said, right, and is that all lowercase? <laughs> oh, the jokes, the oh, jokes, the jokes. Lovely. Another chance to hear some of those jokes if you come and see us on the 25th of June, which leads us in very, very nicely. And you go stop my family. Well, you can see that too when you come to... It's not mine. <laughs> Clinton Baptiste. Paranormal podcast. As recorded as live, mm. isn't it? At, yeah. um, the... Which means we'll leave all the bits that we normally take out in. Oh, God, you can hear all the, the shit. Yes, there's some shittier bits than this. <laughs> Honestly. So that's the 25th of June. But what I need you to do, please, people, is go to wegottickets.com mm. and look for Clinton Baptiste Sunday Seance. It's at the 100 Club, 100 Oxford Street, right in the middle of London's fashionable West End. Yes. It's a fantastic... Fantastic venue, and it's an iconic venue where all rock and rollers, punks and that. Punks and that. I saw the skids in there in 1975. If you go on the toilets, they're still there. It's barely been, <laughs> barely been cleaned. That's disgusting. Yeah, but funny. I saw the vibrators in there in. Uh, no, no, what about the slits? Similar, similar, similar sort of joke. No, let's not overdo it. <laughs> right here we go. Now we've got a very exclusive interview with the. I love this actress. Yes. Do you know Amanda Abington? She was in Sherlock. Uh, She was in a number of uh, other things that I wrote down I can't remember. (laughs) She was brilliant in all of them. (laughs) Hold on, you feel while I remind myself what she was in. You know her. You do know her, people. Hold on. Hold on, let's just have a little bit of me. We just fill. Have some some thinking time. Let's have the thinking time while I just try and find this. Oh, 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 no, it's not that one. 
Right, where was it? Amanda Abington, Amanda Abington, I wrote down the thing she's been yesterday. Right, I can't find it. But you know her, and I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll find out exactly what she's been in after we have this phone call. Don't tell her that I couldn't remember, but you do know her. She's on loads of things. It was just a little brain fart on, on your part, wasn't it? a little brain it? fart. Anyway, here she is on the Zoom, Amanda Abington. I have just been saying all the wonderful work you've done, and you're currently... Uh Yes. In the West, in London's fashionable West End, doing... Sure. Tell me about... The Unfriend. It's called The Unfriend, and it's about... It's a, it's sort of a true story that Stephen Moffat wrote. Stephen Moffat's first play, yeah. and it's got uh, Mark, Ga- um, Mark Gates' director, and it's got me, Frankie Barber, and Rhys Shearsmith in it. Let's move on to the spooky story, yeah. Amanda. Please, Linda, put on the spooky music now. Yeah. I will have this one. That, that's the one. Yeah. As as Amanda regales us with something to shit us up. So, this is about my house that I live in now. Yes. So, the first instance was the night we moved in. Joe must have been about two and a half. Um, and about three, maybe. And I put him to bed. Yeah. And uh, the next morning, he woke up and said, where's the lady? And I said, what lady? Yeah. And he said, uh, a lady kissed me goodnight and said, welcome to the house. <laughs> um, oh, lovely. And, she, and I said, oh, I don't know. I said, was she, was she like, she's old lady, old lady, welcome. But she said, welcome, welcome to the house. And, and so that was the first thing. Anyway, cut to Grace, my, my daughter, must have been about four and she was sitting at the top of the garden. She used to sit at the top of the garden and play on her own with her tea set and her dolls. And she was sitting up there and I w- wandered up with the dogs and she was talking to somebody and just having a chat with somebody. And I said, who are you talking to? And she looked at, straight at me and she said, Amy. And I said, oh, who's Amy? And she said, Amy lives here. And I said, oh, that's nice. I said, well, how old's Amy? She said, she's eight. And I said, what does she look like? She said, she's got dark hair and she's lived here all her life and um, she can't leave. And I said, okay, well, I'm glad Amy likes it. She says, yeah, she's very happy you're here. So anyway, that was that. A year, 18 months later, I went to a clairvoyant who now is one of my best friends. Right. I didn't know her at the time. I didn't know her at all at the time. It was our first meeting through a friend of mine, and I'm all into that stuff. I love kind of those those. I love going to those things and seeing. You've come to the right place. There. You've come to the right place, Amanda. <laughs> that's what I do. Go on. So I said, I said we were sitting there, and she knew nothing about me, and she sat there and she was looking at me, and she said, um, she said, oh, your granddad's standing behind you, and I was like, oh, okay, fair enough, and she said, your granddad's standing behind you, and he said that you're feeling a bit sad at the moment, um, so he's told me to tell you to remember the story that he used to tell you about the tattoo on his arm, and I sort of went, um, okay. Yes. Um, when you were really sad, he would tell a story and about the par- the palm tree with the lion sitting underneath it with the coconut and the mouse. Now nobody knew that apart from me and my granddad. And he right. t- he got this t- got this tattoo in Burma. Yeah. But that was weird. And then she said, "Oh, and by the way, in your house, you have two spirits living there. You have an old lady." Oh yeah. Who was the gatekeeper? Who was the uh, the gamekeeper's wife? And she lives in the dining room. Yeah. 
Um, and she sits in the corner by the fire, by the by the log fire. And I was like, well, how do you know I've got a log fire in my dining room? And then she said, you've also got an eight-year-old girl there living there with dark hair called Amy. And she is incredibly happy that you're there because she was left there to die. That's what she said. Um, yeah. <laughs> right. And I, but, but it was like that. And I suddenly thought, Grace was talking to a little girl called Amy two years previously at the top of the garden as an yes. imaginary friend. And my blood literally ran cold. Okay. <laughs> I sitting next to me now, and listeners at home won't realise it, but we can see each other on the Zoom facility. Yeah. I've got yes. sitting next to me, Amanda, a lady who does doubt. <laughs> She's very cut off. She's very, very cut off. She denies so I'm many. Scientific, Clinton. That's she, all. She, she says she's scientific. She, she yes. does see a GCSE. <laughs> that's a pass. She doesn't know very much. Yes. yes, she did get a pass at GCSE science. Right. It don't make you Arthur C. Clarke, does well, it? But well. what do you make of that? And you're looking at Amanda now. She's deadly serious. Well, I, she's I not am. pissed for a change. She's absolutely. No, I'm not, I'm, it's ten o'clock in the morning. Ten thirty in the morning. And I'm. I've only had four this morning. That's so. right. Exactly. Kids are little weirdos, aren't they? Oh, that's, that's nice, isn't it? Kids are little weirdos. <laughs> Can I apologise <laughs> for her calling your kids no, weirdos? Not your kids. All kids. All they kids. Are, they are weirdos. Even ghost kids. Yeah, um, Amanda. I'm going to apologise for her, right? <laughs> because I believe what you say 100. Yeah. percent okay? Yeah. Why would I lie? That's why the thing. would you lie? There I know you've be been desperate. No you've been desperate to get on this podcast. I know People that. Yeah. Funniest things to get close to you, Clinton. Yes, they, they do. Yes, they do. That's true, and, actually. Um, or what I wanted to so listen. What I find most intriguing mm. is all right. Fine. There are spirits, and spirits do exist in our realm, in old yeah. houses. With, right. with yeah. well, sounds rather lovely, nice dining room with a, a proper open fire. Sounds very, very I'd nice. I'd like to stay there too. I'd like to stay there too. And <laughs> but the business about the tattoo with what was it? A palm tree? A, a bird? No, it, it was a palm tree with a lion sitting underneath it and a coconut, and then there was a little mouse. And he used to tell me this story, but he got it done in Burma, and yeah. I was the because um, I'm an only child. Um, I was the only person he told that to. And whenever I'd fallen over, if I'd hurt myself or I've had a bad day, I'd sit on his knee and he'd tell me the story about the, the tattoo. Not being rude about your granddad, but it was a palm tree, a mouse and a what? A lion sitting, under, you... sitting underneath it. Was he a bit simple? He was, well, he was in Burma fighting. Oh, sorry. So he, was probably, he was probably drunk during the Second oh, World God. War in the jungle. We can, we can give him that, can't we? We can give him that. Now, come on. Now, look, Amanda, I'm sorry I said that about your granddad. That was, that, that, was, that was cheating. Listen, it's fine to speak ill of my dead loved ones. I, 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 no, I, I was only... Hold on, just a second. What was his name again? Granddad. Stanley Johnson. Stanley! Just a Is second, he there? Stanley. Sorry about that. Yeah? He's I'd love it off. if the I'd love it if the picture fell off the wall now. I'd love that. It's... It, um, listen, my love. Can I just apologise for that? He, Stanley's just told me that, what did yeah. you want? A David Beckham-style Angelina Jolie thing that every fucker else gets now. Yeah. Oh! yeah. Carpe diem. That's what, Carpe yeah. Carpe diem, or the Roman numerals of, of uh, all the kids you've had halfway up your arm. <laughs> right, listen, I want to thank you very, very much, Amanda. I take it all back about Stanley. Thank you for your... Sorry, sir. Thank you for all your work. Uh, in the Second World War, defending this country. Thank you. I apologise. 
Um, good luck with the show. Have a good one tonight. What have you got? You haven't got a matinee today or anything, have you? No, we do Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday matinees. Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. If anyone yeah. wants to go to see it, it's unfriend at the at the Criterion. At the Criterion. But I tell you what, down there, it's extraordinary. The amount of people going to and fro outside the Criterion, it's like Piccadilly Circus down there. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny. See you next time, my lord. Perhaps have a word with the people and see if I can get on at Criterion with that sort of material. Uh, Amanda, thank you very, very much. Good luck with the show and we'll speak again. Thank if, you, darling. If, if you see any more ghosts or you hear any more... You're the first person I'll come to see. Thank you so much. All right, my love. Bye. Lots of love. Bye-bye. Well, that was Amanda Abington. Wasn't she good? She's very charming. Very, very charming. And I didn't mean to be rude about her. She is, of course, well known for appearing in, I think, well, most recently, Sherlock, she's very well known for. Uh, After You've Gone and Mr Selfridge. I think she played the, some kind of bossy woman in Mr Selfridge, like the head of Selfridges. Right. Something like that. But a wonderful, wonderful actress, lest anyone thought I was being rude about her credits. Let's get on with the bloody show. As we said, this is a, oh, you're going to love this. This, someone sent me this this week. It's a Facebook advert. You know, you can advertise things in Facebook nowadays for a haunted cheesy Dorito. Sorry, what? Sorry, what now? A haunted, a haunted. Cheesy Dorito packet from 1984. Tortilla chips! And someone sent someone sent me this. Uh, uh, perhaps you'd like to uh, read out some of this, please. Haunted Doritos was a belonging to an old man called Peter Gispy. He eat these Doritos and chocked on the last bite. You can buy these on Facebook. Ever since the packet remained in my house and ghostly, with capital G, things would happen. The smell of strong cheese can appear at 3am at night and during these hours when this packet of 1984 Doritos is present we would hear Peter Gisby talking about the house in the walls. I then one night got pushed by an unknown force. My fat head went went first through a wooden door. The door came off its hinges causing it to fall sideways and smash my three grand gaming setup. I then got up and could smell pure cheese and my nose started bleeding and I could hear Chris Packet sounds all over the house. I then got up and walked past the door wreckage and found a key. I picked this key up. I looked round and saw some writing of it that said, follow the cheese, question mark. I then started following that smell of cheese. It led me to the kitchen and there stood in the middle of the kitchen, munching away of 1984 Doritos, was Peter the ghost. I fainted. Now I want to get rid of these old crisps. I don't expect anyone to eat them, capital T, but to only dispose of them and kill the demon inside them. That almost took my life. Now I'm going to put on the website or on Patreon the actual packet of the haunted Doritos and you could buy them. I'm sure there's still for but it got me thinking mm. that there's a lot of stuff you can buy uh, on, you know, like the, the online auction, eBay yeah. or what have you. Bathwater. Uh, who can you get that from? You can, you buy it. So there's quite a lot of sexy ladies that sell their bathwater. Oh. Farts. Oh, yeah, I don't 
don't want to buy that. Jars of fart to get some people that love that stuff. Oh, Basically, God, you think disgusting. of it, if you could put it in a packet and send it, people will buy it. Well, this is something, this was in uh, Wales Online. And the, these were for sale, right? Haunted Dolly Lily. Beautiful alopecia plays with hair. It says, this vessel belongs to Lily. Lily has been a part of our family for about two years and she has now told us that she would like to move on to a new family. Lily was, she was alive, presumably, and I think the spirit went into this, this dolly. This now the vessel, yeah. Lily was a fun-loving girl when she was alive, but she sadly suffered with alopecia. Her friends began to notice that she was losing her hair and would tease her. She felt very lonely. This was her favourite doll as a child and she took all the hair out. When asked why she'd done that, she said she wanted something to look like her. Very quickly, just turn the music off. I just want to tell you something. <laughs> Have you seen hair? See that? Yeah. A, I think you would describe that as a slight bit of alopecia, wouldn't you? Would you? Yeah, just there. Oh. Yeah. Uh, is yes. that not because you've been having like lots of hair extensions and stuff? No, it's because. Well, I went. Well, I, well, I, I don't know the real reason, but this happened. I went for a fancy haircut in London, uh, in Soho, and there was a Spanish bloke did my hair. And I said, oh, "If you could just a little bit of a trim at the back and all that." And you know, I've got this lovely, beautiful blonde hair. Yes. And as he pulled this side of it to one side, he said to me, "I, I do not have the word. It um, a bit like the." The uh, the lady who was the cleaner in my house. It's the same voice, yeah. It's the same part of Slovakia. And she says, and he goes, I don't know what to call it. Um, what do you call it in English? In my country, it's called alopecia. I went, oh, Christ, alopecia. And I do have this little bit of alopecia caused by stress, I think. Oh, dear. It's awful. So it's, a, it's for anyone who has got alopecia out there, I do feel dreadfully sorry for you. Yours is barely noticeable, Clinton. Thank and thankfully, you. thankfully, that mullet goes right over it. It does. If you have a nice mullet like mine, it does cover a multitude of sins. Yeah. Music, please. Lily grew up into a beautiful lady and she became an hairdresser. She kept her beloved doll in the box as a reminder. Sa sadly, Lily passed away when she was 65 and her spirit lived on in her favourite doll. <laughs> have I got to try and do this voice? <laughs> See the accent. Lily is a gentle spirit who likes to play with your hair. Ooh. You can feel her fingers run through it. Ooh. She loves an she loves animals and can often see the cat being stroked by her. A vessel is often warm to touch even in cold weather. She likes to be out the box, but the box kept close by. You often see orbs around the vessel when she's around. Recent activity. We communicated with Lily mainly with a pendulum, capital P, with yes and no answers. Lily gives strong answers with the pendulum. Lily would be great for a first-time collector. She loves to be around animals. She's a kind spirit, she isn't scary in the slightest and will only show her activity if you tell her you are comfortable with this. £21 eBay. <laughs> Priceless, surely is a psychic vet. <laughs> and this is another one here, Haunted... Do you want to buy this? This this killed me, this one. Haunted Doll Horse. This is all available on eBay, George. Go on. The eBay listing says, George has been with me for a while now and I keep him in the open as I've noticed when I put him in dark spaces a lot of paranormal activities comes along. <laughs> Examples of this is on the Friday, the next week after I had obtained the vessel, I started to hear light footsteps coming up and down my stairs. Furthermore, I heard noises of a boy laughing going up and down my hallway. This happened at around the same time, 1 to 2pm in the morning. 1 Hang to 2pm <laughs> in the morning. Jesus Christ. I managed to do some Ouija board tests. tests. Uh, some tests. And some words. <laughs> I 
it out. I mean, that's what you do. And I managed to see that he wants love and affection, don't we all? And his friendly and kind spirit, £13 via eBay. Right. I had a couple of symbiosis. I have no idea. Well, it might be hot, yes. vessels. Yeah, well, absolutely. So if you want any of these things, they are available on eBay. <laughs> uh, but I mean, that would be frightening, hearing a, a stuffed child's horse going up and down the bloody hallway. Yeah. Ooh, terrifying. Or, no, <laughs> terrifying. No, thank you. You got there before me. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we want you to come to see us on the 25th of June, yeah. recording this shit, uh, this show, show. Uh, live, as live, not live, it's not going to go out live. Live-ish. Live-ish at the 100 Club in London's fashionable West End. It's a fantastic venue. Uh, and you'll see Linda in her flesh. I might get her to not maybe cover up some of the flesh, mm. but she will be there, uh, fleshy, yeah. uh, on the stage, and we will have, we might have a support act, I don't know. Who do we like? Who do we like? We like some nice people. Well, there are some nice comedy people. All right. And anyway, go to wegottickets.com. Is it .com? Oh, shit, I don't know. We got tickets. Google it. Google it. It's the 100 Club. And, and the 100 Club, and it's uh, called it's called the Sunday Seance, yeah. where we'll have lots of entertainment, including the recording of this show. So you can be on it. You can be on the bloody show. Yeah. Thank you. Anyway, I did it last week at the 100 Club where I met this lady, Louise Hodges. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with Louise's work. It, how can I describe it? Uh, glamour model is, is a term. Yes. Um, she has appeared in a number of gentlemen's top shelf uh, periodical leisure pamphlets uh, obtainable from all good news agents and some shit ones as well. Um, and so anyway, she's a big fan of Clinton Baptiste. I didn't ask her about the nudie work, but she was keen. You didn't need to. You're fully abreast of that. <laughs> I'm very familiar with her work. I've enjoyed a lot of her work over the years. Uh, but she did have some spooky stories to to put the woolies up you as opposed to, and I'm not even going to make the joke because you're all there ahead of me, uh, it's Louise Hodges who doesn't do it anymore. Thank you. <laughs> I am here with the legend, the icon, Louise Hodges. The, look her up. She's here with me in the 100 Club in London. We're doing a show tonight. And Louise, she sought me out and she wants to tell me about a terrifying incident. Please tell us, Louise. Hello there. Well, it happens occasionally when I'm kind of drifting off to sleep. Oh my God, it happened more than once. It does happen. It happens a few times, yes. And I sometimes see, when I'm drifting off to sleep, I can't work out whether I'm asleep or awake. Yeah. But I see a man standing at the end of my bed and he starts walking towards me. And, and he gets closer and closer. Yeah. And I think, what does he want? He looks like he's very desperate for something. Yes. So um, I, I kind of look at him and I stare at him and he stares at me. And then he's about to touch me and then I go, ah! Oh! <laughs> and it's the same, the same. Yes. But it's not a dream. It's, you're there and you're it's seeing kind it. Of, it. I can't work it out what it is. It's, right. it's definitely male. Yes. And he looks like he's very distressed and yeah. he's desperate to talk to someone or to touch someone or to yeah. tell somebody something maybe that's bad or right. that's happened or it, yeah, whatever. So he's looking desperate to speak yeah, to Yeah, so like he wants to, but it kind of scares me so I wake up because I'm a little bit frightened. What, what's he wearing? He's wearing like dark trousers or jeans and I, he's wearing like a lumberjack type shirt. Right. 
and he's like holding his hands out yeah. and like just looking at me in desperation. It's not like, Matt Baker to... from the One Show, is it? That sounds a little mm. bit like him with the lumberjack. It starship. could be, yeah, the no, lumberjack. He's putting his yeah. hands out like what sort of? Like, like please, please help me, help please. me, help me. Yes, yeah. <laughs> really. Yeah. And and you you wake up and, and I've met your husband then, tonight. What does he say? Do you have? To, he goes. Have... He says, "Oh, well, there's nothing there. You're just dreaming. You're just dreaming." But it's the same thing. Every yes, time. it's the same thing, and, and it's quite creepy and. It hasn't happened for a while, though, but so I think, oh, maybe it's all settled down. But right. my husband doesn't believe in the supernatural, but I do. I think there's something out there watching over you. Now, I'm going to ask you this, Louise. Given what you used to do as a career, you don't think it's some strange, you know, subconscious haunting you that there are men lusting? Maybe it is. They, maybe they're desperate to talk to me about their... Talk to you is one word, yeah, yes. Talk to me or to touch me, to yes. feel me that I'm really there and yes. to uh, feel that I can maybe have a little chat with them yes. about their um, that's sexual awfully, needs. That's, all, that's <laughs> awfully coy of you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Really, but, so, but you think he wants to tell you something more than anything? Possibly. He wants to tell me something that uh, maybe something's around the corner for me. Well, listen, don't worry about that. If you're out there, this man, please contact me beyond the celestial veil. I've got a feeling I might have to go on stage in a minute, Louise. Okay, then. So, listen, thank you very much, and please come on the show again, won't you? Yes, definitely. Wonderful. We move on now to some very, very scary... From hairy palms to hairy hands. <laughs> oh! That's why they pay her the big bucks. <laughs> Linda Flipping <coughs> Pollock. Yes. Linda, Linda, Linda. Um, let's get on with it. This is really scary. Now, this is a children's, I will admit this, I found this in a children's uh, website called Scary for Kids. But it's bloody terrifying for anyone, let alone kids. Have a listen to this. Hairy hands of Dartmoor as we put on <laughs> the spooky music. The Hairy Hands is a scary true ghost story about a stretch of road in Dartmoor, UK, where motorists claim to have seen a pair of disembodied hands grabbing the steering wheel. On a stretch of road in Dartmoor, United Kingdom, I may have just mentioned that, yes. there have been many sightings for almost a century of a pair of disembodied hairy hands that appear suddenly, grab at the steering wheel of a moving car and then force it off the road. Picture this. You're driving along the narrow, misty, moonlit moors. It's a dark, cold night. All of a sudden, the steering wheel or handlebars are grabbed by a gruesome pair of grotesque, hairy, calloused hands that are inhumanly strong and do their best to fight you for control of your car. And that's a story that's been repeated many times since the first incident in 1921, when a Dartmoor prison guard was killed as his motorcycle went out of control and crashed. The tale was related by his children, who were riding in the sidecar. All they heard was their father shouting at them to get off the bike, and apparently wrestling with the steering. They jumped clear and survived. Their dad did not. Why are you scoffing about Kids that? jumping out of a sidecar. Have you ever tried to get in one? Never mind, jump out of one, especially if you're wedged in with your sister-stroke brother. Okay, cool. well, I, I turn the bloody music off, please. What I'm suggesting is that did happen. There'd be nothing more scary <laughs> than sitting in something like that with your dad's trying to wrestle control of the bloody thing. I just think it sounds like bullshit. 
Well, it's not bullshit. It's absolutely true. And it's, this is an oft-reported story. And in a minute, we're going to come to someone. Didn't want to. I didn't want to say this now, but in a minute, we've got an interview with someone who that this very thing happened You're to. You're joking. No, I'm not joking. I wish I was. Music, please! This happened again, when another motorcyclist and passenger were driven off the road at the same spot. This time, the passenger saw a large, hairy hand grab the handlebars and forcibly crash the bike. In 1924, a young couple were camping in a caravan in the area, and the woman was awoken in the middle of the night by a large, disembodied hand covered in hair crawling up the outside of the caravan window. That's terrifying. What is that baby doing? It's terrifying. When you've stopped laughing, it is terrifying. <laughs> In her terror, the woman made the sign of the cross and the hand seemed to disappear. The tale has been heard again and again and the area has become notorious for accidents. Many of the survivors giving the story of feeling or seeing the large, rough hands covered in hair grabbing at them and trying to crash their vehicle. Rumours abound that the hands are the ghost of an old man who was hit by a car and killed on that road. Mm -hmm. The ghost of a deceased Dartmoor prison inmate or some kind of evil spirit wandering the moors. No one's very specific. Strange that. Uh. Whatever they are, it's certainly a good idea to take care if you find yourself driving around the lonely country roads of the UK. Now, turn that music off. I just want to ask you that. Does, does hair <laughs> frighten, stroke, repel you? Because I don't mind a hirsute person. It doesn't bother me. What about so, hairy knuckles? No, I draw the you line. You do notice, I, right? I, I would notice hairy knuckles. but like I mean, Richard Keys. But I mean, you know, hairy armpits, hairy uh, vag and that. It wouldn't bother <laughs> me to... <laughs> Don't want to delete that in a minute. <laughs> no, it doesn't bother me too much. What? You're um, not fussy like that. <laughs> what, were you, what was the story you talking about? The old lady oh, with yeah. the white hair. Well, I had a friend who was very beautiful, lovely yeah. Kay, that I went to college with. Right? Yeah, massive beard like ZZ Top. <laughs> no, go on. Kay was lovely. Kay was lovely. But Sorry, she, Kay. But she listening. had an Achilles heel, which she stupidly very told us about. Very hairy Achilles heel. <laughs> it does happen. Go on. Kay used to have a phobia of. And this is a very specific phobia. Go on. Biting into a pie full of old ladies' white, fluffy, cottony hair. <coughs> right? Because that's not really ever going to happen, is it? You might get a stray one, but you're not going to get a, a hair pie. A sort of Make white, specifically white hair. <laughs> with, uh, what, with what, so all carrots and bits hanging off it? Like no, bits just, of meat? Just, just no meat oh, in there, oh. just hair. So it's the pastry. Just packed but with hair. Oh, right. And she told us this stupidly. I say stupidly because we were 19-year-old and usually drunk. And um, when we wanted to cause a scene, it would be a loud scene as well, yeah. we would whisper this image into Kay's oh, ear and yeah. she would... It's and she was a really beautiful, like proper beautiful, angelic blonde girl. Right. But all of a sudden she would start gipping like an yes. old sailor. Really? Yeah, really Why loud. Why was it that particular? I mean, I can think of something worse, uh, to be honest with you. And it reminds me of that old joke, doesn't it? Oh, I found me first grey pubic hair the other day. Unfortunately, it was in a sandwich. Ah! is disgusting that's an old joke but yes so um, yeah I mean hair I, there's some things I don't I tell you what I don't like one is umbrellas I do have a slight thing about umbrellas. Is it's, that, uh, you'll have your eye out, is that what It's that's to do doing? with that. Particularly you're in London and it's mm. sort of raining. You think, do you have to? You're just in everyone's way. Are, are you really going to benefit that much, you know? Yeah. It's got a fear of getting me out. And the other thing is bloody, um, what are they called? Coat hangers. Oh, 
Again, oh. pointy. Did you get stuck with them, do you think? Did someone poke you with them? Maybe something like that. Maybe I Or was... you got warned, be careful, you'll have your eye out. It's, it's, it's always it's to have your eye to out, do isn't with it? That. It's something definitely to do with that. Um, but I he... don't like escalators. Why? The teeth. I always feel like oh, I'm going I know. to get stuck in them. Off. I, I especially don't like going down an escalator. I feel like I'm going to fall. Yeah, I don't like going down an escalator or on a... <laughs> But I'm not even going to... It's, it's pathetic. I'm we would say do... that out loud, Clinton, because it's disgusting. <laughs> we are doing our best. We are doing our best to make this less crude. We've already had a triple X porn star on this. And can only apologise, ladies and gentlemen. What's going to happen in the future is we're going to try and make it a little bit more sophisticated. Wow. And talking of sophistication, this fella here is going to tell us about a very scary story. It's Jacques Peretti. Now, Jacques is a Guardian journalist and he's very, very famous for... Uh, you will remember him from... He did a, 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 well, he's done a number of documentaries on Michael Jackson. The first one was Michael Jackson, What Really Happened for Channel 4. Then Michael Jackson, The Last Days. Then Michael Jackson's Secret Hollywood was on More 4. And then Michael Jackson Rise and Fall on Channel 4. And then The Real Michael Jackson for BBC. So what have you been talking to him about? I was talking to him about Michael Jackson, but before that, he told me, honestly, a story about driving and about steering wheels. So please, have a listen to this. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Uh, we, do you know what? We get some, I'm going to say it, shitty guests on this show. This is the opposite of that. This fella, I've known him for many, many years in another life. But I persuaded him to come on the show. He has got, 
Well, he's a believer and he's got a lot of evidence to back it up. Please welcome the presenter, the writer, the author, the all-round media genius, Jacques Peretti. Are you there, sir? I thought, Clinton, when you said you get some shitty guests on this show, I thought... And this well, is the... I'm in the, I'm in the zone. I'm in the zone. Uh, Jacques, please tell me, I, I reached out to you because I know you are a believer and I know that you've got something rather chilling to tell us. As I asked Linda to put the spooky music on. Thank you, Linda. Jacques, the floor is yours. Uh, so there is a... Uh, a turning uh, just when you're coming towards our house it's just off from the dual carriageway um, every single time I come off the carriageway yes. onto that road yeah. the car the wheel takes on a life of its own and it tries to swerve off the road do you mean it only ever, it only ever happens with yeah. me yeah. the missus it doesn't happen to so it's only for me the yeah. car swerves to the left, tries to swerve to the left, I have to regain control of the car. And this is right at the entrance to the cemetery. Let's rewind, Jacques. Whereabouts is this in the country? I imagine you live somewhere like Highbury in London's fashionable Twitterati uh, region. This is, this, is Northern, this is Northern Ireland, Clinton. Is that where you uh, live in? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So this is on the coast. So it's near. It's 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 in a it's in a charming uh, town called Bangor, which is not oh. to be confused with the Welsh Bangor. It's on the coast of Northern Ireland, and okay. yes, yes. So this um, this ghost. When you say wheel, do you mean your steering wheel, or do you mean one <laughs> of the? the kind of wheel? How many wheels do you have, Clinton, in a car? I mean, <laughs> apart from the door, on the, on Sorry, the, on the, on the wheel, on the wheelhouse. <laughs> It's in the yeah. wheelhouse part of the of the boat. That's no, where I, we are. What a, yeah, I mean the steering wheel, obviously, yes. Yeah. yes. That gets grabbed or what? What would you how so would it's you a kind of it's it's I mean I'm laughing, but it's 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 it genuinely happens. It's quite unnerving. Um it's a kind of sharp pull to the left. Right. And then it and then I have to pull it back straight. So and I've looked I've and this is was quite strange, but I have I have um, looked at the road <laughs> when the road's been quiet. I've, I've had a I've had a good look at whether there's a bump there, whether there's anything that would yeah. mean the car physically. Divot is the word I want to use, just to say divot. But, <laughs> yeah, and there's no nothing, 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 no divot. Uh, uh, no divot. No, now, can camber, I? The camber is 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 is. Okay. Arkados, <laughs> like, bloody hell. Yeah, that's very good. Um, okay. Clinton, I feel like you're stumped in some way. I mean, even well, super, no. I mean, I don't know. You don't well, seem. I have uh, what I what I have to do, Jack. Before I make any sort of pronouncement on these things, is glean all the information. We've established there's no divot. We've established the camber is fairly level. What I want to know is, is your good lady wife, does she think it's a lot of bollocks or does she think it is the supernatural? Why doesn't it happen to her? So many questions, not least of all, why did you move to Northern Ireland? It doesn't matter. <laughs> is there any sense that, you know, I mean, I'm not being funny, but you know what they're like? 
that lot of them. They're not bad on us. But how do they get on with the English? Do they like the English? They, um, yeah. They... <laughs> I think you have to choose your words carefully, Clinton, especially if you're going to be if you're going to be doing any any paranormal activity over here. Well, I will be over to Belfast. I would, I would, are you coming over? Are yes, you? I was over there. I was over there. I played the uh, the King's no, what's it called? The King's Hall in Belfast, I think. Yeah, and how did you how did you find it, Clinton? Well, I tell you I found it very, very, very echoey. Not because there was no one in to see me, but the bloody acoustics, ridiculous. I mean, it was bouncing back off those walls. I mean, I'm sure when it was built, if you had a you know, a philharmonic orchestra in there, that would be absolutely ideal acoustics. But when you're peddling the sort of fast-paced smot that I do, it doesn't quite work if you're hearing, you know, your pathetic double entendres bouncing back at you about two seconds later. You and how did, how, did, how did the Northern Irish um, faithful, oh, they, how did they? They loved it. They absolutely loved it. So much so that a couple of them, I kid you not, a week later came over to... Um, I think I was in Leeds or something. They came over to see me again. I thought I've only just been over there. I would like to remind listeners who Jack is. He is the authority on Wacko Jacko, Michael Jackson. That's uh, a <laughs> he, <laughs> well, I've met Jacko through the after afterlife. And he's and he's oh just a second, he's here now. He's what's that? Yeah, he, he loved up. Yeah, he's just saying. Michael, all right, Michael. Yeah, he's saying he loved he loved uh, Finding Neverland, which was your was that your first documentary about Michael? That's what, yeah, yeah, the first one. Yes, yeah, that was the first one. Can, can you, Jack, <laughs> what did he like about it? Did he, was, what did you like, Michael? <laughs> what did you like? Stop doing that, Michael. No, no more moonwalking now. Fucking sit down and talk to me. He said he liked. Yeah. He said he liked he liked looking around the old place. It was like a sort of family cine film. Yeah, that's right. You go now, Michael. Thank you. Tell me what spooky stuff happened there when you were there, Jack. Well, I got you know I've caught this was a long time ago, but the the first time I went there, um, it was kind of just after all the the first you know. Uh, accusations against him and so it was very quiet um it's it's a beautiful absolutely amazing property out in the you know it's a couple of hours drive from from los angeles and you're driving up absolutely beautiful countryside around there and uh, i arrived and i just had a slightly stupid idea to try and break in because there was no you know he wasn't there at the time so i was uh, so what i decided to do was um was to maybe climb over the fence but actually it's pretty easy to do because they were just a couple of small fences <laughs> no big deal you climb over the fence and then move walk towards the property but so i thought being be, it being television and it was for channel four i think um i thought i'd go up to the security gates instead so i drove up to the security gates um yeah. in a kind of British, stupid British journalist, ingenue fashion yeah. and um but i made a uh, unfortunately i managed to as I drove up, I misjudged the distances, and I uh, ran over the intercom. Um, you, you wonder why that? You wonder why that fucking ghost keeps pulling at your steering wheel? Jesus Christ! Go on. 
<laughs> the whole thing got completely uh, squashed, completely destroyed the whole thing. It was like a wooden, small wooden box, actually. Uh, mm. And this was a big, one of these big American cars. You know, I'm not used to this kind of thing. So, yeah. And the ca poor camera woman, Petra, her name was, was absolutely, she was filming this. Yeah. So obviously this is all on film and she's she's laughing so much that the camera is shaking. She can't believe what's <laughs> happening. But I was just, so, so she carries on filming. And, I, and then the, what's left of the intercom, and it's now a kind of metal Mickey kind of little voice coming out of it. It's going, excuse me, sir, who, who, you know, who is this? Who is this? So I go up to like what's crushed on the ground and speak into it and say, I'm from London and we're filming. And then these men appear from, from another box. Uh, they're, they're security guards and they come over and, uh, and I sort of just start telling them that I'd like to interview Michael Jackson. And of course, he's not there and so on and blah, blah, blah. And then I then get into my, put my hand in my pocket and pull out a fiver. Yeah. And, you know, I, and I'm really sorry about the damage. And obviously, I'll pay for that. And, you know, does this, could this help to cover the costs? And they're just like, please, God, just leave. Please, just leave our property. <laughs> Don't come back. Just get in the car and leave. Yeah. So it was kind of strange. The whole thing was really weird. And we spent, you know, we spent a couple of days up there. And it's just a, you know, you've got a real sense of, you know, what the place was about and you know i've been to various you know i was at the property he was at in la which he rented right at the end sort of this is it to uh the place where he died and i've been also obviously i was in vegas um when he let he, he tried to make a comeback you know in vegas actually a bit like elvis at one point they wouldn't they wouldn't touch him there and um, this was again after the accusations um so yeah i'm in a rather strange way i've kind of stalked him uh in life and in death you know and would you say that neverland is better than alton towers what's better oh, that's a really tough question there yeah well, I mean, Dallas does have the smiler, doesn't it? Well, exactly. And was, I mean, was it all mothballed when you saw Neverland? Yeah, it was pretty much. Yeah, the zoo had kind of closed. I mean, it was still the, the thing. The thing was, there's, there's a funny. There's a zoo, and there's actually a kind of zoo or a private zoo in LA, I believe, which is for a lot of the animals of stars who then just have had enough of them. So, you know, there's like Leonardo DiCaprio's monkey and, you know, there's yeah. Slash from Guns N' Roses, all these snakes, apparently. Oh, and, my know, God. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and they all turn up there. So I'm wondering how many... And I actually went to the San... I think it's the San Francisco Zoo now, where Bubbles was one of the many bubbles. Because, you know, there wasn't one Bubbles. There were loads of Bubbles. Oh, is that right? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, no, he got, he got rid of them when they got to a certain age, a bit like... Oh, boys. very quickly, because this is going to run out shortly. But I want you to tell me, was there anything spooky? Was there the ghost of? I mean, because when you when you were last, your last, uh, you know, incursion into Jackson World, he was no longer with us, was he? No, I did a thing about a year ago for the BBC. Um, yeah, no, I've made a, a load of films of him subsequently. I went to yeah, I went to where he's now buried. Um, well, he, he, you know, there's the cemetery and. Uh, yeah, it's it's curious because he's alive. You know, he's he's kind of the definition of um, of the spirit alive, yeah. isn't he? In our words, because he, you know, we talk about him more now than we did in the last ten years of his life. So, in a way, his dream, which was to be immortal and to be more famous than anyone who'd ever lived, has come true. And that's kind of the fact, that, you know. So, so he totally is. Uh, uh, he walks amongst. He moonwalks amongst us always. 
and so what I want to, and my listeners, cheap though it is, and not a very pleasant subject, would never forgive me if I didn't say, were you getting the word nonce? I was getting the word, um, yeah, the first film I made, it just basically said, he's a paedophile from beginning yes. to end, you know, because that was the, that was the sense that I had from everything. But, you know, I've gone in a way, I've sort of gone in the opposite direction to everyone else, that from that starting point, which was five, I count on five films I've made about him. Yes. So that was the first film. And since then, I've found out, a lot more about his life, about what happened to him as a child. And also I've looked in detail at the evidence and it's, I would say if I had to use a word, I'd say it's complicated. Complicated. Yeah, that's, I know, I know that's a really, I know that's really no. boring. No, but well, look, it's a very, it's a very strange life he led, isn't it? Who are we yeah. to believe, you know, what the, the press say? For God's sake, you believe anything. It's funny. I think he, he kind of wrote that, you, you know, I think the films and books and everything that's been made about him at various points has ridden the wave of what was kind of fashionable yes. at that moment. And I think Leaving Neverland was an incredible piece of work in itself. Uh, and, you know, the testimony at that point, post Me Too and everything, that testimony was kind of what people felt they wanted to hear. They wanted to hear the voices of people who'd been there. But I think in a funny way, now there's a major motion picture being made by the people who made the um, the Freddie Mercury film, and that's coming out next year. And I think that's going to be, I think it's almost as though people have reined back from the Leaving Neverland position. If you go to America now, people say, you know, he's an icon, he's a genius, we don't want to hear any more of this. So it's almost gone back to what it was after he died, you know. So yeah. I think it's always just going to change, you know, as yeah. time goes on. Uh, it's just going to go back and forth, you know. Fascinating. Jacques, yeah. I, I, I'm going to have to wind it up here because we don't have much time on the Zoom but, and I'm too stingy to pay for the full <laughs> thing. <laughs> but I want to thank you so much. At last, someone who can string a bleeding sentence together on this <laughs> podcast <laughs> will you come back another time i'm sure you've got all sorts of things to tell us bless you clinton i would i would love to i would love oh. to i would love to touch your sequined hem you know if that, was <laughs> Definitely. That, that can be arranged all right son lots of love jack peretti Thank everybody Oh, no podcast would be complete without a trip to the wonderful world of chat, take a break, fate and fortune, whatever it's called, and regression expert, chat its fates, Jenny Smedley. Spooky music, please. Let's have this letter to Jenny. Lost love. Dear Jenny, I've had an issue with my right ankle since I was in my early teens. In the past 24 months, I've developed a knee problem in my right leg. I've also got an unusual shaped birthmark on my right thigh. Bloody hell. As a child, I used to have a recurring dream about escaping through rising water underneath a building with a man. Now, Jenny will... Never mind you've had a slight sports injury or anything. And actually, I've got a slight birthmark of exact shape of Greg Wallace off of MasterChef, yeah. just, just beneath my ball bag. Yeah, uh, I've got. Did he open his mouth with a big spoon? 
<laughs> he got a lot. Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> Lovely crust, he says under there. <laughs> anyway, uh, this is what I just say. Yeah. That woman's listed basically anything that's happened to her since she was 24. <laughs> Knee problem, leg problem, on you, yeah, recurring dream. It's like, yeah, that's right. She's, she's, she, you know, all the bases. She's, she's, she's touching all the bases. Jenny says, I mean, I believe this, mm. but even I think this is a little bit far-fetched. It feels like a bit of a reach to me. Yeah, I mean, Jenny, instead of saying, did you have a sports injury yes. at school, offers this up. It's January 1910. And you're underground waiting for a metro train with your father when you hear a roaring noise and swept off your feet by a raging torrent of water that hurtles out of the tunnel and snatches you up with a deadly force. What? Fear of drowning. Your leg is gripped by something sharp holding you underwater. Some wire is wrapped around your right leg digging in. You can't get yourself free. You know you're drowning. Someone grabs you. It's your father. He goes under the water and you feel bad pain in your leg, but you're free. Your father drags you both back onto the platform. You have a sore knee and your thigh will be scarred, but you're alive. You and your father vow from now on Christmas will be spent together no matter what. Jenny says, this accident didn't cause a death, but it reminds Stacy. Stacky? Who's that? Stacy. Oh, oh. Stacy's the girl. Oh, my God. I've just, I've just Googled it. 1910, Great Flood of Paris. You're joking? No. It flooded the metro station. Oh, my God. Well, I take it all back. Jenny Bloody Smedley, hats off to you. Hang on. Yaboo to you. Linda's coming round. Linda's really coming round to our way of thinking. There you are, you see. Now, look, can I just ask you, my love, what are you going to be doing this week? Well, when you leave this mortal place, this sacred place, which is my converted garage <laughs> at, the bottom, at the bottom of my garden. Um, well, I'm getting my hair cut tomorrow. Oh, about yeah, fucking... T- I mean, oh, lovely. Yes, my hairdresser's coming around tomorrow. She's what? she shifted my appointment about three again. times. Go on, yeah. <laughs> She's fumigated, yes. <laughs> She's coming round, yeah. Yeah, so that'll be nice. I, oh, I will lovely. tidy what up. You, what do you have in door? Just a trim. Lovely, lovely. Just a trim and a top up of the old highlights. Oh, lovely. Although I'm wondering now, I'm, I'm almost uh, permanent, I'm almost completely blonde now and I'm wondering whether I'm too far gone. I mean, what's it like? The two of us sat here like two blonde bombshells. Yeah, aren't we? I don't know who I fancy more, me, me <laughs> or her. Me, probably, when I think about it. We all it. know that. We all know that. But Linda's going to be having a haircut. She's yeah. going to get it done very, very nicely yeah. for June the 25th. She'll probably have it done between now and then. Twice, I'd imagine. June the 25th. Um, maybe oh. once more. Okay. Well, I am growing it, you see, so you don't want to you don't want to snip it too much. Linda's going to be growing all her hair and growing and baking some of it in a pie. <laughs> uh, only the white bits. Right, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> that was Linda. You've yeah. had a lovely time. I've had a lovely time. Uh, until next week, Linda, namaste. And back up yourself, yes. Back up yourself, folks. Thank you. Well, another podcast episode complete. It's good fun, wasn't it? My thanks to Linda Pollock, Amanda Abington, Louise Hodges and Jacques Peretti. I think we can agree we've gone up. I mean, good quality, isn't it? Good quality, the people we're getting. Please do not forget to get tickets to see us recording this show show at the 100 Club 25th of June. And now 
it's time to give you that website address. It's wegottickets.com. And look for uh, Clinton Baptiste Sunday Seance, uh, 25th of June, and it'll be a lot of fun. And, yeah, well, you can see us in the flesh. No, don't touch. Until next time, lovebirds. Namaste and... What is that baby doing? you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Yeah, right. 
Clinton Baptiste here, offering you the chance to enjoy my Patreon podcast for free for seven days. So many people have been joining me over there. It's a shame that you're not. Uh, we've got videos, cartoons, we've got uh, all sorts of stuff, uh, uh, all the old back catalogue, and a chance for exclusive dibs on tickets before anyone else. Please come to patreon.com forward slash Clinton Baptiste. All right, spirit fading now. See you there, fading now.